0: good morning east point church Um, if you are visiting here with us let me say to you uh, welcome so glad that the lord would lead you to come and fellowship with east point church this morning so good to see the saints of god who are gathered in the house this this morning and all those who are with us by way of our live stream welcome and welcome to you pray that um, there has been something already encouraging that the Lord is um, doing in your heart. And I uh, pray that even now, as we prepare ourselves to hear uh, from the word of God, that God would continue to remind you that Jesus is the reason for the season as we continue to point the people to Christ all the days of our lives. This morning, we have the pleasure of, of welcoming our, our guest preacher, um, Richard Berry is not a stranger to us. He has been a long-time uh, friend of East Point Church. In fact, I've had the pleasure of knowing Rich and Jane, and I almost hesitate to say this, for thirty years. Wow, time flies, and um, they are just a, a have been dear uh, friends to us. Uh, in the ministry, but even more than that, they have uh, been mentors of of ours. Um, Rich baptized my wife. That's how long ago, that's how long we've known them. And uh, his wife, Jane, has mentored Adrian. And Richard Berry is is a father uh, to some in our congregation. He is a grandfather uh, to others in our congregation. Uh, He is a friend and he has been a mentor to many of us over the years. He is the uh, director of the African-American Network uh, with the Navigators, has been a church planter, a, a, a pastor, um, leading church planning organizations. Rich and Jane have been in the ministry a long time. And praise God for their continued faithfulness. And the perseverance through these years, they have been an example uh, to many of us who have come up behind them. And their faithfulness indeed has been a light to show us that indeed serving the Lord is not only rewarding in eternity, but it is satisfying even in this life. So I want to welcome uh, Reverend Pastor Dr. Richard Berry to come (laughs) and preach for us this morning. Courage.
1: Thank you, Pastor Tony. I will admit there is a certain degree of intimidation that I feel coming before people that I've known 25, 30, 35 years ago. No kids, no wife. I didn't remember I baptized Adrian. What happened to the brother? He's still he's still hanging out there? <laughs> I have to come back and baptize Tony. Um, but, uh, but on a very, very serious note, that um, it is uh, more than a blessing to witness what God is doing here uh, through many of you and in many of you. and. Um, and irrespective of my intimidation, because many of you all have become theologians, I was the only such back in the day. So whatever I said or didn't say was fine. Now the entire world is listening, and I'm not sure what to do with that. Um, it certainly is a, um, a, new, a new experience. One of... Um, the things that happens after Christmas, the immediate after Christmas, the immediate day after Christmas, is that there are those in the media that begin to pontificate on what went well and what went bad and all of that about 2020. And then they begin to speculate on what may or may not happen in 2021. And all of you know, we can't talk much about the future. We can talk about the past. But we can't talk about the future because we just don't know. I had a church. We work with churches in the Caribbean these days. And uh, one of the churches called on us that we'd mentored and worked with in uh, Nassau and said they wanted me to do a conference. This was in April, and uh, do a conference for them. And I would do four messages, and I would load them up on YouTube, and they would then distribute them about the world. And it was just amazing. Who could ever have thought that that could be? And so with all the changes and all the challenges, there's some blessings that we need to think about. But, um, but God is good all the time. And so my word this morning is, I hope, will be just a word, a few words, of encouragement to you. Uh, you're going into the next year. You don't know what's going to happen. The best pontificators can't even guess. But we know Jesus. And so I want to give you a little word from, from the scriptures about what we might look, at, look for in the new year let's pray father thank you so much for this your body of believers and lord there was a time when we could look out among those who were seated and know that those are who we are talking to now we could be talking to the entire world and what a story that will become in years to come And so I pray. I pray for everyone here. I pray for the leadership here. And I just pray, God, that you would speak to the hearts of those who are listening. And God, there would be some change in whatever way you choose to shape us and make us. And Lord, we would leave here, yes, we would leave here as different people because we've been exposed to each other and we've been exposed... Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we get Time Magazine, and um, one of the pontificators is Time Magazine on what happened in 2020. And the December 14th edition came to my house. And on the cover were these, thr- these, these bold numbers, 2020. And then there was an equally bold red X through 2020. And the subtitle said, the worst year ever. Now listen. I don't argue with the point that they were making. I have another argument that I'll talk about in a second. But I don't argue with the point that they were making. It has been awful. It used to be that 1968 was the, was the year of incredible change in the American history. But I think that needs to be revised it has been bad but i take issue with the article and with the the cover again not because of what they their analysis but here is the issue they described what happened last year and all throughout the article they described all of the challenges and craziness that happen. But what I take issue is they didn't give a prescription for how you get through these kind of times. So description is okay, but prescription is necessary. So I take issue with that. And it's Time Magazine. What else could they do? That's what they do. I'm a preacher. All of what I do has to be prescribed. It has to say, as bad as it is, there's something better coming. It's like going to the doctor. The doctor says, you have high blood pressure. And the, and the doctor's sitting on that little stool. You know, you may be sitting on the gurney, whatever it is. And that's it. And then they call the nurse in and says, oh, Mr. Barry, can leave now. And so I want a prescription. I want something to eat. I want something that I can take down. I want you to tell me, get some exercise. Don't have any, any um, mac and cheese. I want something that I need to hear that goes beyond just a description, but I need a prescription. And the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing about Scripture is both the stories and the teaching is there is always a prescription. The Bible doesn't back up on what happened. It's real. We don't live in a a biosphere where nothing happens to us. It's real. But the scriptures always turn the corner and there's a but. So let me give you some idea of where I want to go with my little talk this morning. Number one is extreme hardship. Happens to believers. It is a matter of fact that God is going to allow us to go through difficult, difficult, difficult occasions, either with relationships, with circumstances, or both. And so it's, it's 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 so common that in uh, Peter says in First Peter 4.12, twenty, four twelve, don't be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though some strange thing happened to you. It is common. That's the description. But Peter comes back and says in verse 12, 13, he says, but rejoice. That's the prescription. My doctor, if they didn't tell me anything, they could have at least said, he could have at least said, well, be encouraged. You're, you're up there in age. <laughs> but here is what the scriptures always do. He says, Peter says, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. Here is what I know about Christ. They had an illegal trial, put him to death, and they thought it was finished. If you describe the story, that's where you'd go. But when you keep going, you discover, yes, he did. He rose again. And so if I am to suffer from, as Christ suffered, and I am to rejoice because of this heavy stuff, I mean like we cannot believe, comes upon us. Then I have in the back of my mind, God has got something going on. And God has in mind that even though it is like crazy, I have a friend, a very, very, very good friend, that, um, that I talked to last night for 42 minutes. That's a good friend. That's a good friend. Six, eight months ago, he came down with COVID and was in the hospital for two and a half months. The doctor told him, told his wife, that he was not leaving. Now, I assume that the doctors was in New York. The doctors in New York were, were kind of stressed because you don't tell somebody that. But his wife, equal to the occasion, says, he is coming home. And the doctor, I'm sure, was probably pretty nice. And she says, he is coming home. And they, they rallied a prayer support that those of you who know when you have a prayer team, we're learning something about that, and people are praying. I can't predict what God is going to do. Lots of good Christians, I am sure, died of COVID. But somehow in his grace, in his mercy, this guy, he told me last night that when he got up from the bed, when he just reared up, the doctor looked at him, the one that said he wasn't going home, and wept. And then he told me the first thing he started looking for and asked the nurses for was a King James Bible. He's a a brethren brother, so he he could, I don't even think he would go to the new King James, but the brother wanted a King James Bible, and somebody brought him one of those little green ones, and she said, is this okay? He opened it up and started witnessing for the Lord. His prescription was that he isn't not going to be there. He's not going to stay there. He's not getting into one of those bags and into one of those tra- trailers. And so God always has something going on, and here is what I want to say to you today. Here is what I want to say. The prescription for you and I when we go through the worst of the worst is God is with us. That's the prescription. If they, they, they tell me that the feeling of abandonment is a terrible thing. I don't want to feel like I'm abandoned when I need someone the most. And God says, when you go through the worst of the worst, like in two, 2020, the prescription for you is and the prescription for me as a child of God is God is with us. So in, um, in Psalm 23, uh, 4 in particular, the valley of the shadow of death is not going to take us on. It's not going to wear us out. It's not going to eliminate us from this world because God is with us. And it says, it's wonderful. It says, his rod and his staff they comfort us. So just when you and I need to be comforted, God is there. He prescribes that you are not going to go down discouraged. You are not going to go down just just out of it because there is no hope. And so a prescription that follows a description is a wonderful thing, especially when it works. God is good. God is good. So here it is. When you are clear on specifically the specific uh, prescription that God gives you to work through this year, and it may be any number of things, I feel that the biggest challenge for all of us when we're going through these difficult times is to spend time with God, is just to get before him and ask, Lord, specifically, what are you speaking to me about? What is it that you want me to be about? Because when that prescription is clear, you have an incredible amount of hope. And hope, what hope does, it predisposes you for incredible amounts of blessing. You see the good in everything. Jane, is, uh, Jane and I, we, we talk about how we need to encourage people, just whoever it is. And she says, even the person, the young person at the McDonald's window to find something that you can say to someone to encourage them. And in so doing, you encourage yourself. You encourage yourself. So here is what I want to say. When God makes it clear what your specific role should be next year, as you come out of the craziness of this year, then, with that strength, you should go into next year with hope. It's almost like you have a um, a a, a um, the prescri- you, you have like a formula. You describe what it is. You, give, you, you you get a prescription for what it needs to be, and then there's hope. And hope presupposes, it presupposes that you are going to make a contribution that only God can have you make. And if you work it by God's grace, if you stay with it next year, this time, next December, you will be able to look back and say, I have a testimony for y'all. I have something to say that God did because it was a very specific prayer. I'm not talking about a New Year's resolution. I'm talking about something deeper than that, where you come to grips with who you are in Christ and you say, Lord, by your grace, if you are the one that's all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-loving and you are residing in me, then you and I are a majority to wherever we're going, whatever it takes, however we work it. And and, and I think what happens is what God would have us to do is to imagine what he could do, being who he is, living in our lives, working through you. We talk a lot about the, 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 the bigness of God. The glory of God, and we should. But listen, church, all of whoever God is, is residing inside of your soul. And if your imagination can't go with that, then you're lacking. You can dream any dream if God is leading you and accomplish that. So I want to share the one strong verse that I want to share of the several verses that I've shared is Ephesians 3.20. You know that verse? Ephesians 3.20. If you've got it, if the Spirit of God is in you and all of his power resides in you, you have to have a kick in your step. You've got to be willing to walk out by faith and say, I'm going to trust God because he is the one that's doing this in me. And so um, so Ephesians 3.20 was written by the Apostle Paul. And he says this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that works in us. Now, let me say that again in my own words. Push yourself to ask and imagine as big as you can for whatever God places in your heart. Okay, I'm going to say that again. This is my version. Don't want nobody coming to me. Something <laughs> about you didn't memorize your verse good. Listen. Push yourself to ask and imagine as big as you can for whatever God places on your heart. That's the A portion. Here, here's the B portion then step back and god will supersize he will supersize it in more than more ways than you can possibly imagine do you make applications of scripture from scripture personal applications or are you by nature just a very cautious person I am believing God, my wife and I and a number of us that are praying, for something huge that could happen before I finish preaching. And so I'm really, I'm a conservative guy, you know, Bible Church background and, you know, we don't go off and stuff like that. But I said to Jane, and she said to me, we need to resist any part of disbelief that may come our way. That, my friends, is as hard as nails. So you know, I, I, I wanna, I wanna work this. I, you know, I've found the verse that said, "Lord, help thou mine unbelief." So I'm working that. But listen, I have within me all of the power of God that rests in Christ, living in my soul. He's there. He tells me, ask and you will receive. And so I am trying to make what is impossible possible through my faith. And I'm here to tell you, I could be sitting where you are listening to me and say, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Because what's happened to myself and some of you all is we have become very blasé in our faith. We just kinda, you know, we just kinda roll along. We roll along. Time to go to church. Let's get ready. Hope Tony's good. Hope Philip is good. We find out if Allison is singing. You know? The whole night. And, and and we become very ordinary. And here it is all of the Creator is resting in my soul. What am I going to do with that? Doubt? It is as hard as nails, church, to see and then believe over and above what you see. And so what Paul is saying, what I think he's saying, and this is Paul speaking. This is the one that was knocked off the horse on his way to persecute some Christians. He is the one that got knocked down and blinded for a few days. He is the one that had his plan that I'm going to take care of these Christians. And he went out with his anger and his fierceness, and what God did, he knocked them down, and guess who came to his rescue? The Christians. He's the one that's telling you that, he says, he is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. However big your idea is about serving God, God comes right on top of it and extends it. He extends it. That's in the Bible, y'all. So when we pray, when we come out of the challenge of this past year or this year, do we walk into the New Year apprehensive? They say on CNN. They say on Fox and Friends. (laughs) Used to say, Oprah says. I guess Wendy says. And we become so blasé as a believer. Listen, I'm going to just say this. Let's just put it out there. Nobody wants to be like us. Let's say it again. Don't nobody want to be like us. We don't have the bite that we can say to somebody, follow me and I'll make you to be fishes of men. We don't know our neighbors. Maybe they know us better than we know them. They say something like, I don't, I don't, You have a religion, that's good. You know what God would have us to do? Let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's for real. And I I, I would say, as we look forward, if we're going to prescribe, take God's uh, prescription to live as though. He is really Lord. Treat people as if we really love them. Live life as if it really means that he could come today. If that's going to happen, we need to spend some time with God before the first of the year. And maybe to put it more dramatic, before the end of the day, and say, Lord, I want to be revived in my own soul because I've got the prescription for this world. I've got the prescription for my family. I um, have some neighbors that have been neighbors of ours forever. 25, 35 years. Our children grew up with their children. The whole works. And they are very, 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 very liberal. And we've made efforts to witness to them in the past. And it's just, you know, it, it is what it is. They're neighbors. The wife got cancer, and she was living with it for for a minute. But then it became oppressive just recently, a few months ago. And she's Catholic. And she had prayed with Jane at one point. But we'd never seen anything different, you know, which is fine. We don't have to see everything. And at one point, the husband called me and says, Rich, I don't know what you're doing, but my wife, and he gave her, her name, is, is really, really passing. And I wonder if you would come over and talk to her. I, um, I said, sure. That evening, before I left, I copied out some scriptures about 12 pages of scriptures and i went over and i said to her what would you want me to say to you where the three of us husband wife me sitting at their bedroom uh, dining room table and uh all maxed up Um, obviously she is she's dying she's very frail but she's able to talk And she says, I want to strengthen my faith. And I want to know why God won't take me. I'm suffering so much. Bottom line is, I prayed with her. She didn't pray, which is fine. And I gave her the verses. And she died about six or eight days later. The husband called me. These are neighbors. They're neighbors forever. He says, you will never know what happened to my wife after you left. She's was reading the scriptures and she was praying. She was reading the scriptures. She was praying. And then I did the little talk for their funeral. And um, she said, uh, the husband said again, the children said, her children said." You don't know what happened to mom after you left. I said, this is amazing. This is amazing. Who am I touching? I don't know. Who's looking to me to give an answer? I don't know. But when you go into 2021, you've got the prescription. You've even got the prescription book. And God wants to use you with all of the energy that he's given you to say, Lord, I want to walk up into this new year on January, or really from tomorrow on, and say, Lord, this is not about being a blasé Christian anymore. I am trusting you because I want to believe you for more than I can imagine. And far be it from me if my imagination is asleep. I want to revive my imagination so God could use it, so he could say, however much you can push it, I got a whole load that goes on top of it. What it makes me think of is trying to get on my roof. I've got a 12-foot ladder and a 14-foot roof. I cannot get up there. And I want God to do more than I can ever imagine to get me up on the roof. And Jane says, stay off the roof. I couldn't get up there if I wanted to. And so church, let me just say, if you want to meditate on a verse that will stimulate you to dream big in this 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 next 12 months no matter how bad it gets dream big because you and i have the prescription to change the lives of people in our immediate area who will change the lives of others as they move out let's pray